And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hello, everybody. We're so glad to see you with us again on Greenlight Reviews, the show where we talk about the movies. And we're going to do just that right now. I'm Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. Today, Ann, we're going to review a remake of a film that they did 30 years ago. It's called Fame. 1980. It's hard to believe that the time has gone by so fast. I remember that movie so vividly. And it was such an exciting movie back then. Sure was. With a lot of talented people. There are a lot of talented people in this updated film, Mm -hmm. too. But for me, it didn't quite make it the way the first one did. Let me tell you who's in it, first of all. Okay. Playing the adults, the teachers. We have some people that we recognize from television, most of them. B.B. Newworth, mm-hmm. Kelsey Grammer. We remember them together in Cheers, which was so funny. Right. Charles S. Dutton, who is wonderful in this film, as he always is. Oh, I thought he was terrific. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Megan Mullally. We know her from Will and Grace. Right. And from the original Fame movie, she was a dancing teacher back then. Here she is the principal, Debbie Allen. We didn't see much of Debbie in this film. I wish we had because she's a good actress, and I'm sorry that there wasn't more of her. And as she has aged in the 30 years, as we all have, she's become very, very interesting looking, so I did want to see more of her. But we are shown a great deal of the young kids. Mm -hmm. We start out in their freshman year, which is interesting enough. We are introduced to all of them. But unfortunately, in this first day of going to the New York Academy of Performing Arts, we see all their kinks, their insecurities, their problems, which is a lot to swallow in the first few minutes of this film. And unfortunately, those problems don't go away for four years because this film is based into four sections, freshman year, sophomore year, Mm -hmm. junior, senior year. I agree with you, Les. I don't think that the script allowed these characters to change. We didn't see them excel. We didn't see anyone really improve. Now, we do see the one character who is played by Naturi Naughton. We do see her come out of her shell. She starts out as a kind of uptight classical pianist, and she ends up singing a very raucous version of some hip-hop songs, and she's quite good in the film. But the rest of the characters kind of go on a very bland journey. I'm afraid they do. We have Kay Panabaker. I was unfamiliar with her before. She plays Jenny. Very, very, very pretty young girl. Beautiful. She looks like she's about 14. I thought she was the right age for the character, and I think that some of the other actors perhaps were a little bit older, and I thought that kind of detracted as well. It was hard for me to buy most of them as Mm -hmm. high school freshman. Correct. But Kay Panabaker plays Jenny. She wants to be an actress. She hooks up with another actor and singer, Marco, played by Asher Book. We have Carrington Payne as a young dancer named Alice. We have a very, very angry African-American man named Malik, played by Collins Penny. There are a lot of other actors in this film. They're all pretty good. I wasn't uncomfortable with them. No, not at all. But I kept wishing that they had taken a better look at the 1980 film. For instance, towards the beginning, Mm -hmm. they all get together in the cafeteria and they start jamming and they're singing and dancing and people are jumping up on tables and it's supposed to be very cheerful and very raucous. But I remember in the original film, they burst out into the street. They were dancing in traffic. They were dancing on cars. It really made you feel so good. And this one didn't. Okay, for me, it looked like someone came in from Disney and gave the original movie a bath. (laughs) 
<laughs> the girls were more Gap than grunge, and the guys were more Brady Bunch than neighborhood bros. And again, I think all of the teachers looked like they were doing a television show because they are all from television. Right. It was really a sanitized version, and it really detracts from the concept of what kids go through when they sign up to be students at the School for Performing Arts. This movie needed more grit and more realism, more honesty, and they substituted all of those wonderful qualities for that which was cute and acceptable. And when they did that, the movie lost its heart and its soul. I think so, too. I think that the Marco-Jenny romance, which, of course, hits a big bump Mm -hmm. in their junior year. I thought, oh, come on. We're all more sophisticated than these two people. They should have sat down and talked it over. But he stalks off, and now she won't talk to him. Because she's looking at another guy. I mean, please, those days are way over. Of course. (laughs) Of course they are. All of the storylines are really cliched. I mean, how many movies have we seen where we see a young black kid who's still angry at his old man for deserting the family? Everyone. Everyone that takes place in high school. Everyone. ho-hum. And then that talented black classical pianist who has an authoritarian father who won't let her go party and he certainly won't let her sing hip-hop. Have we seen this before? Definitely. Definitely. And the young beautiful student who's dying to be an actress, but she can't really find her voice because she's a little bit too timid. I mean, there are so many trite moments in the film. It was very hard for me to buy any of this stuff. Okay. I have to say that Megan Mullally has one of those in-one moments in this movie. She plays a teacher who teaches singing, and then her students drag her to a karaoke bar where she gets up and knocks the socks off of everyone. Because in true life... Megan Mullally is one of the great Broadway belters, and she never gets a chance to do that, of course, when she does television shows. So I enjoyed seeing her, but the excuse for doing a number with her was so phony that it really took away from the total enjoyment of what should have been a soaring musical time. Just didn't work. Now, I'm going to say, because it sounds like I'm taking this movie apart, what did I like about the movie? Well, I love seeing young talent perform on screen. Oh, there's no question about it. And there's plenty of that. Some of the dance numbers are exciting, and I think the movie is at its best when the dancers are performing. I was also confused, I might add too, Les, how they intended to market this movie. It's such a clean, nice version of high school life. I don't think it's going to appeal to teenagers. I think its audience will be people over 50. I think you're right. You know, when I went to high school, and it was a long time ago, I'm not going to tell you how long, but it was a long time ago. And even back then, we weren't as quote-unquote clean as this film is now. Squeaky clean. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we all had our problems. We all had love affairs, and we all had fights and arguments. Nobody fights with anybody. Nobody has an argument with anybody in this film. And you keep waiting for a little conflict to happen, and it really, really doesn't. The only conflict comes when a young man named Paul McGill playing Kevin. He wants to be a ballet dancer. He's told at the very beginning when he's a freshman, told by B.B. Newworth, that he's got a long way to go. He's not a strong enough dancer. Finally, after four years, she said, you're not going to make it as a ballet dancer. You just don't have it. You'll make a great dance teacher. He takes this so seriously that he's going to throw himself under the wheels of an onrushing New York subway. Right. And of course, saved by his schoolmates. Didn't believe that either. There were too many 
false dramatic moments in this film. I agree with you. I think the movie just doesn't have a true, honest moment. And again, it's going to sound like I really despise the movie. That's not the case. But for me, the overall production left too much to the imagination and didn't put enough up on the screen. For me, fame was fleeting. I'm going to have to give this a very dim flickering yellow light. I'm giving it a yellow light also, and again, I didn't hate it. I did enjoy some of the musical numbers. I certainly enjoyed watching Kay Pennebaker and Naturi Naughton doing their thing especially, and I really loved Charles S. Dutton, as I always have. So I enjoyed moments in the film, but we're not looking at moments that are going to knock your socks off. We're looking at the film as a whole, and as a whole, it doesn't quite make it. So a yellow light from me, and a yellow light from Ann Elder for fame. Two yellow lights for fame. What color lights for the next film we're going to see, I don't know yet, but I can't wait to see all the films I see. And, you know, Ann and I see a lot of films that we don't even review on this show. We're just movie junkies, I guess. <laughs> so until we come back with another movie review, my name, as always, is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hope that we're going to meet you guys milling around the popcorn stand, talking about what a great time you had at the movies. In a world infatuated with comic fandom comes a show to help us remember the talents that have inspired us. Whoa, 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 cut. Oh, come on, it wasn't that bad. It's a bit dramatic. Let's just tell them about the show, guys. We are the Canned Air Podcast. Join us weekly for a comedic trip through pop culture. We also welcome some cool comic creators, as well as some of the voice and screen actors that help shape your childhood. Find us on cannedairpodcast.com and on the Evergreen Podcast Network.